0: The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay paul Nadeau.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Inspire Us. I will be rebranding my podcast so it will go under a different name. I just haven't chosen that name just yet. Stay tuned though. It's going to be a different show uh, full of inspiration but also a number of other topics that I will be addressing. But today I have my friend Vikram Deal. Now Vikram is a salesperson, and he's a real estate salesperson. But Vikram has been teaching sales and influence since he was 17. He immediately fell in love with helping others and watching them succeed. As the years progressed, Coach V, as he's known to his clients, found that teaching others to be successful was more rewarding than doing it on his own. After three years in real estate and close to $50 million in personal sales, he brought on his first team member and worked with him to grow him into a six figure earner. So Vikram knows his stuff. Now you're going to notice that this recording is part way into the actual conversation. And that's because I goofed up. I started the recording on YouTube and thought, great, it's recording to the cloud as well, only to find out a few moments later that I had to click on another button. And that is life, right? You sometimes make mistakes, and I did in this one. However, you haven't lost much of the conversation. So you're going to jump in partway through the conversation, but there is a lot to learn and gleam from. So enjoy this conversation. I'm certain that you will get a lot from it.
2: I don't know, like early nineties, like early nineties. Right. And, um, so I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to my parents and I'm like, Hey, can we get the, can we get a, can we get a Sega Genesis? Like, no, this is garbage. You don't need one of those. They're like, go earn the money. And I'm like, you're telling a fourth grader to go earn money. Like you guys are rich. This is weird. Do you drive a Mercedes? Like mom drives a land cruiser. These are like 50, 80, hundred thousand dollars cars. What's wrong with you people. And they go, go, go figure it out. And I was like, okay. And I've always been the tinkerer. I was always a kid that took the, took the screwdriver and popped open the hot wheels. Like I was always, they it breaking. I called it figuring things out, right? Two different definitions. And sales is all about problem solving, right? Like I was talking to my sales team. It's all about problem solving. So fourth grade, I figured out that I wanted something. And this jogathon just happened to have the top prize as guess what? A Sega Genesis. I was determined to get it. And, um, and I went out and I raised whatever, eight, $9,000 for our school selling chocolate bars as a fourth grader. And I held the record for like five or six, 10 years. When you, when you talk in sales, right. It, the, the problem with sales is that everybody's been taught like something that's 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. I was lucky that I learned to sell through a company called Cutco. I sold knives. And we had an about us page and all we said about our, about us page is, Hey, um, you know, I, am not sure if you've ever heard of Cutco before, but we've been around for 50. This was in, uh, this was in 2000 and no, this was in 1999. So they opened in 1949. It was their 50th year anniversary, right? So on the page, it was Alcast vector marketing, Cutco 50 year anniversary. We'd flip it as like, Hey, we're based out of Olean, New York. We're a a U.S. based company. We've been in business for 50 years. We do $250 million in sales. And that was it. That was it. We never talked about the manufacturing process. That was all part of the process. Like we had a demo that we went through. That was all part of the process. But the amount that we talked about our company was like minuscule. It was super minuscule. And so I grew up in a world where it wasn't about me. It was about them. And we talked about ourselves for this much time. It was like one millisecond. If you blinked and took a sip of your coffee, Mrs. Jones would have missed the about us company page. It was that fast. I didn't realize that that was how you should sell, right? I didn't realize that when you ask questions about the prospect and you actually give a shit about what they say, instead of telling the world how much service you are then people listen like my 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 buddy's like bro you need to tell everybody how much real estate you sold you need to tell people how much knives you've sold like i'm like why like it gives you credibility i was like i'd rather just talk and they're like holy shit, he's different and then they're like yo where did you learn to do all that stuff from i was like i don't want to pat myself on the back i want other people to be like yo How did, like, were you born like that? No, I just learned a lot. Like now I'm charismatic naturally. But charisma, as much as it helps my buddy, it hurts my buddies because the charismatic seller doesn't have to put in the work to learn the frameworks, doesn't have to put in the work to learn human psychology, doesn't have to put in the work to listen, doesn't have to put in the work, right, to ask great questions because people just open up to them naturally. But guess what? The charismatic person might have a million dollar personality. And they cap out at a million dollars and they keep rubbing up against that million dollar mark, Paul, they might get to one, two, and then they come back to a million because their charisma gets them to a million dollars. Now the person who isn't charismatic, maybe they got their face beat in when they first started sales and they showed up to your doorstep and they were bloody broken teeth. They're hanging on by a limb and they're like, I just need a sale, please. But they (laughs) learn because they're getting beat to hell every day. And they're like, well, this just sucks. Vic's over there. He's all friendly. Everybody loves him. F that guy. I'm going to out. I'm going to outlearn him. And right. The, the, the guy that's not charismatic, the gal that's not charismatic, they go and learn the process. They go get curious. And because they don't have to talk like I'm a talker because they don't need to talk. What do they do?
0: They should ask
1: questions, man. Listen. They listen. Correct. What uh, you just described, yes, char- charisma can go just so far. We know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it is understanding the human nature, the the fact that people don't like to be sold to. Mm-hmm. They like somebody who can guide them. We're all going to buy. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. We're all going to buy. And we, if we contact someone or we walk into a store, it's likely because we're interested in a certain product or a certain service or whatever it is. How does a salesperson make a connection with that person in front of them? You went on to just describe the fact that you show genuine interest in the person. Your charisma only goes so far, but what steps would you, would you give a salesperson just starting out on how to make that connection with another human being uh, and not sell their product to the person, but sell the product for the person.
2: So we all, so, so in the back of our brain, there's a thing called an amygdala, right? It's, it's what controls our fight or flight. Right. And when if you go through like an NLP course, or if you go through like a, a human psychology course, they'll talk about fight or flight. Well, our brains are always scanning the perimeter. And you, you know this from the world you showed up in. Our brains are scanning perimeter, Okay, that looks like an IUD? I IUD? IED. IED. Yeah. I, IED. I, IED, IED, yeah. IED. Clearly, you can tell that's not my space. That's okay. Um, you, you, you are going to scan the perimeter as you're driving your Humvee in Afghanistan. You're like, oh shit, that could be danger. Your brain registers it before you even have the thought. Your brain's already registered it that that's danger. And then the thought comes. The thought comes after the brain has done its analysis while you are still asleep at the wheel because your brain's always looking, always scanning. There's so much data that your brain's taking in and out at a given time. So your brain's constantly scanning. So when you walk in, like, let's say we're at a, at a, a store, like a Nordstrom, you walk into Nordstrom, you know, that you want to buy something or you want to look at something, but your brain scanning the perimeter salesperson lie in. Okay, your brain thinks the salesperson's a lion that's hungry, and the lion's looking at you like, ooh, that's not a lot of meat on that thing, but I I could get a couple scraps off that guy. And so your brain is now locked and loaded and focused on, "Uh uh-oh, this is a problem. Now, this nice, sweet woman walks up to you. Hi, welcome to Nordstrom's. How can I help you today? You become the bear that's got to protect yourself. And so you say, I'm not interested. Okay, no problem. I'm going to be over there waiting because I know in about 47 seconds, you're going to have a question because you don't know where the suits and ties and shorts and pants are. So you're going to have to ask me. And then you're a man. So we know you don't know how to shop. So you don't know where your (laughs) sizes are because this isn't our jam. Now, if we're talking about cars, different story, golf, different story for the gentleman, right? Right. So you walk in. And all of a sudden you're confronted with what your brain thinks is a threat because what are salespeople?
1: They are the attackers to most people. They are the ones who are going to put you on the spot and put you in a difficult spot.
2: Yeah, they just want your money.
1: They're commission
2: only, they're slimy, they're sleazy. Right. All these words, right? You can can look it up, you can do the word thing, the word pictograph, whatever thingamabopper that it's called, that's a technical term. Um, And you'll see that salespeople are hated right well our brains already associated anybody who sells anything with used car salesperson so you walk in that person steps up and guess what happens you ask the same stupid standard question that has been taught for 50 years hi what hi welcome in today can i show you around nope what brings you in today i'm just looking so what if we what if we became intelligent and we said, okay, well, everybody who walks into the store says they're just looking. What if we flip it on the, on its head? And I'm just, we're just role-playing out here. You guys, like uh, this isn't something that I plan. I don't teach a lot of people how to do retail sales. Although I've done a lot of retail sales, it's not my jam. But what if you walk, like, what if somebody walks in and you're like, Hey, I was, I was wondering, uh, I, I was wondering like, uh, what brought you in today? Are you, are you just looking or something in Pacific? Well, now it's called a sorting question. So now your brain's like, oh, okay, this person seems they are a threat, but they're, they're not really threatening me. Now, if we ask it in a very non-threatening way, in a neutral tonality, in a curious tonality, maybe even almost like you're almost kind of lost and you're not quite sure. So if you go like, uh, Hey, um, hi, 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 my, my name's, my name's Vikram, um, You know, I I guess I was curious. Like, what what brought you in today? Like, something specific, or were you just looking? And now the person has safety because they get to answer freely. They're not being boxed in. If they want to say we're just looking, right? Let's go down that route. So hey, 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 hey. Uh, I welcome to Nordstrom, sir. Um, I guess like I was just wondering what what brought you in today. What were you uh, were you looking for something specific or just just curiously browsing.
1: Uh, just curiously browsing, man. Thank you very much for asking.
2: Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, hey, that's not a problem. My name's Vic. Um, what was your name? My name's Paul. Hey, Paul. And, and I guess, like, did you know specifically, like, what you were browsing for?
1: Well, you know what? I was looking for resistance bands. I, I like to exercise, and I was kind of looking for some resistance bands and wondering whether or not you had something along that line. I've been doing some comparison shopping, you?
2: and I just wanted yeah. to find out. Yeah, that that that's great, man. Uh, can I ask you a couple questions just to make sure I steer you in the right direction before I just send you to like a thousand bands?
1: <laughs> sure you can.
2: And now you guys are in a dialogue. So now as I'm walking Paul over to the bands in the store, and again, I don't sell these things, but right, I'm walking right, right. Paul over to the, the resistance band Nordstrom doesn't either. But, you know, we're nah. walking over there and I'm going to start asking. him. So tell me, like, what kind of workouts do you like to do? Okay. And are we looking to like get stronger? Or are we looking to maintain what we currently have? Okay. Are you preparing for an event? Or are you just looking to get healthy, like create a healthy lifestyle? Tell me a little bit more about your you guys, we can go so deep. Right now, those are all logic-based questions. Right? Logic questions, logic answer. Hey, are you preparing for a race? Yes, I am. Okay, that makes sense. I guess like what like I, you know, Paul, like what what made you even like want to sign up for the race? Right. Oh, now we're getting a little emotion. Weird. That's weird. Why would anybody ask that kind of a question? Right. Well, because if you can get them to open up to you emotionally and you're genuinely curious about them and you actually care about them and you're not trying to sell how great, like you're the number one salesperson in all of Nordstrom's and shoes for the last five years. And you're going to you know sell 4,000 pairs of shoes. And if you just care about my feet, instead of the 3,999 other feet that you've been touching, you sicko. Like now, all of a sudden I feel what I feel connected to you because you've only talked about me,
1: right? Right. The
2: first three, four, five minutes, 10 minutes is all about me. And instead of you, right? Like sales cars, you use car sale or car sales, same thing. Walk onto the dealership lot. Same thing. Hey, I was just curious, like, uh, I was wondering, are you are you in the market for a new truck, if they're looking at trucks, or were you just browsing? Oh, well, we are in the market for a new truck, but we're not in a rush. We're just browsing Nissan, Chevy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And now you are in a flow instead of, like, having to walk back to the store, come back out 17 seconds later when the guy raises his hand. He's like, I can't get in the car. I need help. We just, let's just get rid of all that resistance right up front.
1: And that's really important to do because you were absolutely right. The fight or flight is there to protect us. And much of that is based on what we've discovered, what we've heard, right or wrong. But many people in sales do associate a salesperson to some of the negative things that they've heard in the past. Those slimy salespeople who are out just for the commission and not really to put you in the right place or with the right product or right service. So that fight or flight does protect us. One of the things that you touched on, which I think is very important, is making it about them. Just the asking of open-ended questions and showing genuine interest in your potential client, uh, the person who may be buying from you, uh, the buyer, and really making it about them. When you, um, over the years, and I know that uh, you started, I think, teaching sales at the age of 17 and, and the knives, um, I remember hearing a story about how you actually sold a, a set of knives to your parents. And they've had it like for 35 years, because it was such a great product. And it took you a little while to convince your parents to buy it. But it. I think that goes to um, your your character too, what you've developed over the years. You are into a number of different growth and learning things. You've gone to a a number of Tony Robbins events. You've heard from the masters about connection with with people and, and developing these relationships. How has that helped you in sales? Has that boosted where you are right now?
2: You know like when, when you go to events and you learn from you know and i've had sales trainers on on and off for for 20 plus years right um is when you go to an event and you see somebody like tony robbins right like the pro- probably the number one or maybe if you're in a weird world the number two personal development person out there longest running guy most impactful in my opinion when you watch him in in live sessions, right, which are which are less and less, which is sad. But when you watch him in a live session and you watch him engage with the crowd, now there's upwards of 10, 15, 20,000 people in these events. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One is he is so involved with the process. Right. What does that mean? Well, how do you connect with people, Paul? Well, you show up prepared. Yeah. Now. Imagine Tony Robbins is on a stage for five days. His events are slated for nine hours. He goes 16 hours. Imagine if Tony Robbins showed up and he's like, Can I, am I allowed to swear here? Absolutely. Imagine if Tony Robbins showed up. He's like, All right, everybody, fuck it. Today we're just going to wing it. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. today we're just going to fucking wing it. You know, throw the 3,000 pages of, you know, sticky, big, 3M post-it notes that he has plastered on the stage. Let's just, let's just scrape all of that off. I've been doing this for 50 years. I'm going to just going to rely on my laurels here, guys. I'm not going to prepare. We're not going to review after the call. You're going to get to go home the same time the participants do. We're not going to talk in the suburban. We're not going to go to the hotel room. We're not going to go over the, imagine you're spending 10 grand on his event. And you show up and this guy's just like, F it, wing it. Right. The music's all funked up because he's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. The dude already takes no breaks, but now there's going to be like even no breaks on the breaks. Like the the one break we get every nine hours is going to disappear. Lunches are going to be gone. Everybody's going to be miserable. The room's going to be hot, then cold, then warm, then yellow, then blink. Imagine you're spending eight grand and that's how this dude shows up. What would you feel?
1: I would feel cheated. I I would feel as though um, he really did not serve me. And I'm using the word serve because when you pay for a product or an event like that, you expect something in return for the amount of investment that you make. You absolutely. you expect someone to serve you, to serve you what you asked for. And I asked to go, and I've been to a Tony Robbins event, a couple of them, and absolutely loved it because of the energy and because of the planning, because yeah. there wasn't a moment where you doubted what his intent was. No. So I would feel cheated to answer your question uh, there, yeah. uh, Vic.
2: And, and, and if you were angry, Paul, especially you're traveling across the country, you're traveling in from a different country per se. You're spending thousands of dollars to bring your friends and your family. You've told them all about this. You have hotel rooms and dinner reservations and cars. You're away from your three year old and your seven year old and your husband that you love or your wife, your dogs, your life, your bed. You're up early. you're sleeping late. And all of a sudden, the guy's not prepared. You, you are allowed to be pissed. And they say, oh, by the way, this was a guinea pig session of UPW. We're not refunding anybody. You signed the agreement. This is what we delivered. Send your, send your complaints in. Talk about us on the internet. We'll be fine. I'm rich. I don't care. Right. So sorry the event didn't go as planned. Right. Well, y'all be pissed, right? Oh, no, y'all more, than, more
1: pissed. than pissed, more than pissed. And yeah. it wouldn't just be, I'm pissed for the moment. It would be, I am pissed in such a way that I will never trust. Ever. Ever. Trust. Ever. No, no. Wait,
2: wait, you will never what? Ever, ever, what? what was the word you said? It started with a T?
1: It started with a T and it's T-R-U-S-T, the word trust. I would never trust this individual. I would never, I would never speak highly of this person. I would tune that person out and I would warn other people, everybody, everybody about the fact that he is a cheat and he's unprepared and all those things, Vic, that, that you just talked about. Could you imagine?
2: And could you imagine this is the same man that has touched hundreds of millions of lives, the same man, That donates hundreds, millions, tens of millions of dollars to different charities, if not hundreds of millions of dollars with all of his different funds that he gets his friends to donate to as well. You would say this guy is a cheat. This guy is a scam. This guy's a blah, blah, blah. I am never going to do business with this guy again. Even if before you were idolizing him. You have such a disdain in your taste. Right. Well, guess what, y'all? You guys show up the same exact way that that person showed up to the event. And you guys think it's okay because that person didn't spend any money, but they gave you their most valuable asset. They gave you their time and you took it for granted. You thought, I don't need to be prepared. Oh, I'm friendly. Oh, I'm nice. Oh, I, these are my friends. Oh, I was referred to them. Oh, blah, blah. I don't need to be prepared. And you guys show up the same way that that person who shows up to an event unprepared showed up wasting your time wasting your energy and then you say well i don't know why they ghosted me i don't paul i don't know why they never called me back paul i don't know what it was well let's 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 see your process well i don't have a process okay let's see your tracking i don't have tracking okay so you want to be paid as a professional but you want to act like not even an amateur because amateurs still track right amateurs still review Amateurs still do certain things that you haven't done. They still show up to the coach's practice. They have a coach. They have a mentor. But you want to get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, being the top half a percent, 1%, 5%, and you show up to all your sales meetings like you did this week before, unprepared or minimally prepared. And then instead of asking the question, why do I keep getting this? My God, I'm running into that window every time I say hello to somebody. They're telling me they're not interested. They're telling me they're hanging up on me. What am I saying? What am I not saying? How am I saying it? Or how am I not listening to the people that's causing their resistance to go up through the roof? And then once they put their wall up, you ain't getting in. Because now now your whole sales call, instead of you figuring out what their situation was, what their emotional problems were, what their logical problems were, instead of you having a true connection with this person, we are now trying to just bring their guard down because we were told by our sales gurus that be excited when you get on the phone, be energetic, show them how much you care. If you're excited, enthusiasm, I am sold myself right? If you do all of that, they're going to feel your energy and they're going to want to let you in. Well, let's just role play a weird call. Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Paul, it's just Vikram here with the Real Estate Sales Academy. Hey, man. Oh,
1: shit. You know what? Um,
2: Boing. Yeah, hey, Paul. That's okay, man. I just gonna. I just got a couple minutes. I got a couple questions to ask. Um, I'm. I'm, way, I'm sorry. Hey, Vic.
1: Vic. Uh, you know what? I I don't have time for this call. Thanks very much for calling. We'll see you later. Take care. Don't call again. By the way, if I'm on your automatic dial, kill yourself. <laughs> that's it. Yeah
2: go run over one of those iuds and blow your ass up right Oh hell
1: yeah get out of my space dude like you know what i don't want that kind of hey look at me yeah so go ahead let's do another one let's do another call the
2: crazy thing is is that i was listening to a youtube and it was an old coach of mine right and he and I, i made a lot of money learning what he learned what he taught And then I realized, oh my God, this is why he's so good at handling objections in his training is because the way that they teach, because it's hard to teach sales the right way where you have like a neutral tone, the way that the woman that he was on his podcast was like doing a cold call. I was like, oh my God, I would have hung up on her. It was so atrocious and she, she sells a lot. Right. But the thing they don't share is how many conversations do you get hung up on that you don't have to. So let's try it again. so ring ring hello hey um uh, is, is hey is this Paul
1: yeah, yeah yeah hey who's Paul it? this, who's is, who's uh, this? Who's yeah, this? it's
2: just vikram with the real estate sales academy it it looks like you had requested uh it looks like you had requested some uh our, our basic mini course. I, I was just calling the company as it do this just to see if you got the course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I did show some interest in that. And uh, yeah, I I did receive the course. So um, yes. Thank you. Yeah.
2: And from here, I have a whole solution of questions, whether you said I was interested, Paul, we got questions like maybe, maybe I got, oh yeah, no problem. And then we have us, right. We have, if you said no questions, and if you say yes, questions, right. It's just, it's just, creating a process it's a framework and when i was coaching one of my um one of my salespeople people today new guy um been with me for about a week and a half we're listening to his calls and uh when we're listening to his calls i was like what's this guy's problem he's like um i'm like what is a problem that we're solving for the guy right now because he didn't show up to the appointment right so i'm sitting there on zoom finger in my nose for half an hour waiting for the guy guy doesn't pick up his phone call it's like bro we got to listen to this call we listened to the call. I'm like, okay, so we listened to the call. What's his problem? He's like, well, you know, he wants to, uh, I was like, we don't know his problem. Cause you weren't listening. He's right. like, what do you mean? We went back and we went through the individual calls, eight minutes. It took us an hour to dissect it. Right. Because as we're going through it, we're not just going through it and saying, okay, you sucked here. It's, Hey, let's, let's listen to what he said. What did he say? I don't know. Let's listen. And the guy said, the, the, the exact words, not the exact, but pretty damn close were my biggest, achi- my achievement for now is that I'm leaving corporate America after working for four national real estate companies. I'm going to start all over again from scratch and I'm going to do it on my own because I'm tired of corporate America. And I was like, bro, there is so m-. the way he said it. So the way he ended, there was so much emotion there that you could have tapped into.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was mm-hmm. like, you could have tapped in like, Hey, congratulations. You're going to like, why are you like, not, you know, you said you're 65 years old. Like, why do you want to start at 65 years old over again? We were only listening. You're only listening to what you wanted to hear. Salespeople only listen to what they want to hear. They don't listen to the prospect because they're thinking of the next question. Cause they're not prepared. They don't have their questions. But the other thing is, Paul, is that they're not listening with intent for curiosity. I call it conscious listening. They're not listening with the intent to be curious. They're listening with the intent to listen for the trigger words that allows them to go to the next question in the script.
1: Correct. Wow. That is such a key to success, no matter what it is. Uh, I, I will, I'll use an example You know, my background includes hostage negotiations, and we had to really ask questions. And I think the, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I know that the principles of successful hostage negotiations are in line with successful business negotiations and sales. We seek first to understand and to really get into the mindset of the person that we're with. That is accomplished, as you said, through that active listening not listening with the intent to speak next or for those trigger words so that you can make your pitch. It really truly is getting into the shoes of the person that you're negotiating with so that you can focus on the emotion and explore that through your <clears throat> through your ability to ask those, those questions that bring out more information. On that note, how do people do that, Vic? Um, from your experience, how do you teach that to someone? Active listening, listening with the intent to really uh, bring out what is necessary from that person.
2: So, you know, it's a multi-pronged thing. First, the the person has to realize that they're missing out on valuable information. Right. Right. So if the person doesn't feel that they're missing out on things because their, their inability to slow their mind down, their inability to like be present and conscious, if they're unable to do that, the first step is, is why are we so distracted? Mm-hmm. Well, I have this and this. Okay. So f- let's first look at like some time blocking, right? So like when you're, when you're prospecting or you're on a sales call, what else is important? Well, nothing. Okay, great. So can we put our phone in another room? Yes. Can we turn off the notifications on our computer? Yes. Can we X, Y, Z remove distractions? Yes okay, great. Now let's figure out our environment, right? Like is my desk a mess, right? Like when we started this podcast, I looked at my camera and I'm like, oh my God, there's wires everywhere. (laughs) And then when I looked at my table next to me, it it looked like a mini camera store had blown up. And I'm like, I got to clean up this space because if my space isn't clean, then I'm not clean. I had to move my keyboard back and I I, I like a little fiddle stuff. So I have like my coin and my little fiddler thing that's beneath the camera so that I can quietly do what keeps my brain focused on what the conversation is. So my little fidgets fingers, right? Those allow me to do something and still be conscious with you. So first thing is environment, right? Is your environment conducive to what you want it to be? Or is your environment chaotic? Because if your environment is chaotic, You're going to be chaotic yourself. So number one is like, let's just clean up the environment. Then when it comes to listening, right? Active listening, I'm a big fan of just like, let me show you what I mean. Okay, great. Let's listen to this call. And as we listen to the call, we'll start to hear things that weren't good. We're going to start to hear examples of areas for improvement. Well, I would say majority of salespeople in this world that I have met assume the problem but they don't actually know the problem oh well paul's got me coming on his podcast it's clearly because i'm a rock star i'll just talk about whatever the hell i want no hey paul what do you want to talk about on your podcast well i I like x y and z oh yeah that's right up my alley i would love to be a guest on your podcast like that sounds awesome because i know who you are i know this is gonna be a great experience but if you're like hey i want to talk about like the refugees in Uganda, I'd be like, probably not my jam, bro. Right. I, I, I don't know what, like, well, yeah, let's jam for an hour of what, what the hell am I going to talk about? Right. Some of you guys feel like that when you go into sales situations, you feel like you got to know all this stuff, but you're not going to talk about the refugees in Uganda. You're going in there to talk about a prospect who, if you know your avatar and you know, the three largest challenges of your avatar Well, guess what? You already have an up on majority of the people, right? People don't come in because they want a new car. They come in because they want something. (laughs) Most people buy a new car, not because of necessity, but because they, I'm sick of that piece of shit, bro. What's wrong with that car? It's got 60,000 miles on it. Nothing wrong with the car though. No, the car is great. It's fine. Like we get it maintained, it's oil change, brand new tires, car is fine. It's just a piece of shit. Why? Well, it's not, it's five years old. Oh, okay. So it's not really a piece of shit, but to you it is. Right. But why do people come into you? Right. If you know why your avatar comes to you and what their problems are and solutions that you offer, it allows you to relieve the stress. So, like, okay, now we got our we got our environment cleaned up. We understand our avatar. All right, cool. Now, did you memorize the questions you're gonna ask? If Paul says X. Do you know what to say when Paul says that? No, then you're never going to be a good listener on the sales call. You might be a great listener to your kids on a sales call. You're never because you're always thinking, if Paul says this and I, your brain is mapping out the process as you're trying to implement it. And I'll give you another story because I like stories. Mm. Imagine Michael Jordan is running from the other side of the court, the baskets over there, there's three defenders, half court line, and he's looking at his coach, and his coach is like, "Mike, we're gonna create a new play. I need you to throw the ball to Scotty, and then Scotty, what I need you to do is give it to Rodman, and then Rodman, you're gonna dunk it." It's it's laughable because it's you're like that would never happen, Vikram. Right. Like no professional coach would ever do something so ridiculous well, that's what you're doing in your brain. So your brain is like, okay, I need to know what to say. I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to sound like a moron. I got to be the trusted advisor. I got to be the expert. Ah, Your your pressure level is so high, but your preparation
1: is so low. Right, right, right. So now you're pressured. Go ahead. No, no. I'm like, like, Um, Grab a a glass of water if you need it uh, there, Vic. Uh, What I'm going to do is uh, I want to focus on a couple of things that you spoke about because it's so very important. Number one, the active listening part. And I think salespeople fall into this idea that we need to follow a script. And for example, in this podcast, I do have a script right here. I have a script and I have a number of different questions. However, I know that there is going to be some amazing dialogue here. It's going to be dynamic and I can't follow the script. I know because I prepared and I've done this enough times uh, to focus in on things that were said and not necessarily the script. There may be a couple of questions I want to bring in. You touched on the fact that if you say X, Y, and Z, I should know what questions to ask next because of the preparation that I've done, because of the amount of times that I've practiced it, because of the familiarity of having been coached enough and studied enough on knowing how to respond. You also were talking about this great basketball game and Jordan and such. And I know that Jordan doesn't focus on winning the game. He focuses on playing the game. And he focuses on what's given to him at the moment. And he's ready to to react and respond on what's given to him in the moment because of all the shots he's taken before. So those are very important keys to successful negotiations and sales is understanding in the preparation phase what may happen and being ready to respond to those things. Would you agree with that,
2: bro? I mean, the fact that you were able to rattle off stories about like, hey, I I remember a story from here. I remember a story from here. Oh, I remember you said something in Clubhouse a long time ago that triggered me to think, "Okay, maybe he's somebody who I'd want to like the fact that, you know, our history and our timeline makes me feel special. Like, I feel like, okay, wow, Paul actually values this conversation. He's not just making things up on the fly. He prepared. And I know you're reading from a screen. I I know you have questions in front of you, Paul, because I can look at you because I've done enough of these and your eyes look down to the left when you're reading. And then they look back up to my eyes and then they look back down to the left. And I know when you're going to grab a cup of water because your eyes look very fast and very quick. But when you're looking down to the left and you're reading, it's like, okay, do I wanna go down that path or do I wanna go down a different path? That's what being prepared gives you. So I never feel like you're unpresent. I feel like you're a part of the conversation the entire time. And I feel like what we're doing here is important to you because of the preparation you did put into it. And if you are a salesperson or if you're in communications, And you wonder why people don't call you back. It could be that they didn't feel that you had a process to, to their problem. And they don't want to entrust somebody with somebody who doesn't have a clear process. Or if people don't give you referrals, right? Well, they really liked me. I can't believe they didn't give me any referrals. I even told them that like I work off of referrals and blah, blah, blah. It's because maybe they didn't trust that your process was good enough for their friends and family.
1: Right, right. I like the the idea here. Um, I wanna to touch on something that you said, is that yes, I, when I do this podcast, it's because it's something that's important to me, but it's also my intent is focused on the value that I can provide someone else, the audience listening, right. because I've brought an expert in, you, on sales and negotiations, someone who's had a vast amount of experience ever since he was 17. And I want you to educate anyone who may be seeking answers in how to help them to get to where they want to be. And that's one of the big things about running a podcast. As you know, it's not just about what I want. It's sure. what I want to provide people. Now right. let's look at that in sales too. And there's a couple of things I want to touch on, but okay. how would you respond to what I just said about intent? Your intent is focused not only on what you want, because number one, when we sell, yeah. we, do, we do want to make money. We want to, We want to build our business. We want to make money. We want referrals. We want all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But what else should we want in order to make it all happen?
2: You should sell a product that you get excited seeing on people's yes. count. like you put you put me into a kitchen. What do you think the first thing I'm looking in their in their drawers? For? <laughs> You're
1: looking at the knives, man. You're looking. I'm at those looking knives. for
2: Cutco knife. I I I look at my friend like influencers that I follow. There's a guy named JP Sears on YouTube. He's got a pearl white set of Cutco. He's got a Homemaker Plus Eight on his kitchen counter, right? I still know the names of these things. When I go into an old, old client's house and I don't see the Cutco on their, their kitchen counter, I don't ask them to get me a drink. I say, hey, guys, where'd your Cutco go? Oh, Vic, well, we broke a couple of the pieces. We melted a handle. What'd you do with them? Oh, we just put them in the pantry. Oh, my God. Call 716-376-6146. <laughs> Who's that? That's the field service number. Call 800-828-0448. Who's that? That's Cutco. Send it to Ole in New York, 14760 why they'll sharpen and replace everything for free now i might have got my verizon phone number mixed up with the cutco phone number but those (laughs) numbers work (laughs) those numbers work right you want my old rep number one one zero three nine one eight or six eight six go put some orders in under me send me some commission (laughs) checks i'm not i'm not too greedy to take your money
1: now, how many years are you going back with those numbers? Because I got to tell you, you touched on something that is so vitally important. Okay, wait, wait bo- let, me, let me let me drop this for you. Sure, let me drop this for you. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, Paul, how'd you like the presentation today?
1: I absolutely loved it. I love your energy.
2: Oh, hey, I appreciate that. Now I can only show cut code to people who I've been personally recommended to. Kind of like how I got your name from Sally. And so as I'm just sitting here cleaning up my knives, um, what I what I need you to do is I need you to just write down the names and numbers of your 50 to 75 closest friends. Um, and remember that drawing that I put you into for $1,000? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. For, yeah, for every five additional names you give me, I get another opportunity to give you a ticket to put into the drawing. So I'm just gonna clean up here. Here's a pen, here's a piece of paper, already pre-numbered, person's name on top. I flip through 15 pages, where I've pre-numbered Some of them are fake If it's a brand new notebook I'll make a couple of fake pages I'll put fake names, fake numbers Right And I will go through And I'll just pass over the notebook to Mrs. Jones And I'll give her the thing Last time I used that script was um, I, I sold knives again when I, when I got married And I moved to Seattle I sold knives for a year just to make some quick cash I haven't used that script since 2008 And before that it was like 2006 three or two. But I just, you just memorize it. It, It's ingrained in me because I actually cared about getting their names and numbers because I didn't care about the money. I cared about like the fact that I got to go to their house in 10 years and see a set of knives on their counter.
1: You touched on something really important too, Vic. Um, I'm going to interrupt you here because I think it's really important. You believed in the product that you were selling so much so that it still resonates with you today. And you still see it when you watch these YouTube presentations or TikTok and you see somebody using the knives, you go, yes. And you Mm -hmm. even sold it to your your folks. You sold a, a set to your folks. And this is about this is the importance about believing in the product that you sell, because if you don't, you shouldn't be selling it. You should get the hell out of there. Uh, uh, That's my belief. And let me just take a moment, folks. If you're just joining in, this is a live presentation we have on YouTube and I am talking with, with, uh, and I'm going to read from my script here because I think it's really important to do that. Uh, we are today um, in Voices and Visions with Jay Paul Nadeau, unraveling life's tapestry, and my guest is this incredible man. If you've been listening to him, I'm certain that you've been taking notes because he is a true master in sales and influence. And I spoke personally about how much Vic, Vic's his his approach to sales is so genuine and so focused intently on the customer and client that I, I resonate with what he said so much. So I wrote a book and I actually quoted you Vic in my book. Uh, there's a wow. section. In- yeah, I did. I did. I, I said my friend uh, Vikram Deol and I gave uh, in uh, the footnotes um, how to get a hold of you. And I spoke about I've
2: floored. That-
1: no, oh, it's out there in publication. Um, there's a whole two or three paragraphs of what you, uh, what impact you made on me with uh, your approach to sales and your approach to being led by your heart um, and not the bottom dollar, mm-hmm. and uh, that is something that I want to bring out in this conversation, which you're doing beautifully. So uh, yeah, um, I I really truly enjoy what you say about sales and how you approach it. So let me ask you this negotiations and tone of voice, uh, as a, as a negotiator, and I'm also, you know, from my, my past, I was a, a professional interrogator, right? And, and uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this because I think it's really important. And I want you to respond to my approach on this and, uh, and give me your, your focus, your Answers as it relates to even sales or getting people to open up or making that relationship. For example, okay. uh, in in walking in, I was assigned to speak to murderers, and I'm going to use that murderers, rapists, gang members, whatever. That was I was the uh, negotiator. I was the interrogator. So I was a professional interrogator. So they would give me a case, uh, a homicide. And now I had to walk through that door and on the other side of that door was someone in custody accused of the crime. So before I walked in, I took a moment and I've studied this. I've practiced this. I've done role playing. I, I am so very well versed in how to approach people that I had to clear my mind of anything that may have happened to me personally in that day, like maybe I had an argument with somebody, maybe somebody cut me off, but I had to focus in on what I was about to do. The moment I walked through that door, what I saw, and here's uh, the important thing is that we see with our ears, with our eyes, we, we see with everything. I saw somebody with their arms crossed, looking away, legs crossed, not interested in me. And one of the first things that I would say is, my name is Paul. I'm the detective. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to find you guilty of anything. I only want to talk. I want to hear your side of the story because what I'm hearing out there, um, I haven't heard your side. So can we have a few moments? I'm going to stop right there. The uh, the number of steps that I took, how would you apply that to sales and what salespeople ought to be doing?
2: So when I sold real estate, I retired in 2018. Um, when I sold real estate, I would always tell my team, we have multiple clients. And like, what do you mean? I said, so we have let's say we represent the seller. So the seller is our fiduciary responsibility. That's our fiduciary client. We owe them everything that we can give and our best advice, experience, knowledge. And if we don't have the answers, it's our responsibility to go find the resources that do. We are in the best offices. We have the best coaches. We have the best mentors. You have access to the best attorneys. There's no excuse to not not know the information but there's no excuse to lie either. Right. right? So the first fiduciary is our client that has signed with us. The second client we have is guess what? It's the buyer because we have to be able to negotiate. Even though we're not in communication with the buyer, we have to be able to negotiate with the buyer, which means, huh, who do we negotiate with then? Oh, the buyer's agent. So in a transaction, we also have to negotiate with the appraiser and the inspector, maybe the title and escrow people because our our file's supposed to close in a week, but our clients need to close early. That means they have to bump three people to get our file done. So we might have to negotiate with those people. We then have to go back to our seller and negotiate with them. So if we come in and we're like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm the detective, you're the scumbag. You piece <laughs> of shit, you tell me everything, or I'm going to fuck your <laughs> life up. I know you're guilty. I don't care what you say, and I've been in jail, so I, I've been on the other side of the interrogation. <laughs> and if somebody walks in like that, I am closed up, you ain't getting a peep out of me, but when you walk in and you say, hey, man, I don't know what the fuck happened. And you're real. And it's, you guys, it's tonality. If I walk in and I say, mm. I don't care what happened. I don't care. I am not judging you. It weird. But if I walk in, I'm like, hey, Paul, you know, like I, I, I read your file, man. Um, I, I see you're a little standoffish by your body language. It's totally understandable. Like I would be standoffish too if I was in your situation. Yeah, um, I've only heard their side of the story. I haven't heard your side of the story. Yep. And I never make judgment until I hear both sides and then I research both sides. So, like, we can do it one of two ways. You can open up to me. You don't have to, but you can open up to me. We can talk. We can jam. I can hear, ask you some questions, get some details about what happened. Or we could do like what a lot of the people do and they just want to shut down and wait for some attorney to show up then and we don't have any opportunity to get to know each other and then i can only go what's on the black and white paper like i guess which what wh- where do you want to proceed from here bro yeah
1: you know uh you it sounds like I, I i'd love to walk into a room with you uh as a partner although i would send you in alone uh to do <laughs> the to do the interrogation or i would go in alone uh, like right. i don't believe in in two interrogators yeah, I don't believe in that. But you you talked about the importance of tonality. This goes back to the telephone call, the example that you gave us a little bit earlier. When you say, "Hey, Paul, how you doing?" and I, this is a real estate guy, I, I, I just want to take a few moments of your time. And you're thinking, "Oh my God, I I am so turned off by this." But the tonality of of that. You're absolutely right. Like, yeah. and. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to find you guilty of anything. It's conversational and it is intentional. So yeah, and that's so important. What you said about some cops walking in saying, I know that you did it. And I've seen that so many times, Vic, and I I was asked to teach these guys to just calm the fuck down. (laughs) Because listen, the person sitting across from you is a human being. They've yeah. been- and They're, huge, scared. And they're, they're scared. scared, they're scared. They're scared, they're just like you. They're, yeah. they're scared and they may have fucked up. That's yeah. true. But yeah. your job is not to make them feel bad about fucking up. Your job is just to get them to open up to you yeah. and to be human. And let's look at sales with the same thing. Is that yeah. a, a person about to make a big buy, like buying a house, may be afraid of doing that. What does this mean? What am I getting into? Like, am I gonna be able to afford this? You as a salesperson, Vic, you as a salesperson who approaches them with the intent of making this a great experience for them, you understand what's on the other side. What can you tell salespeople about how to approach someone who may have all these, these fears, in mind how do you how do you go about asking about those fears and then dealing with them one on one
2: good question we've we we tend to dehumanize like we live in a world of dehumanization right Right. the 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 value of life like i live in medellin colombia right now i'm i'm going to be here for another year people are like I'll walk down the street and I'll see a guy that's like tatted up scary. It's a little early or a little late. Like there's no reason for you to be on this street this time of the night because there's really no reason for anybody that doesn't live in where I live. It's, it's close to the city, but it's far enough away, a couple blocks removed that it's quiet. Right. And I just look at the guy make eye contact and, you know, I, I take care of myself six feet tall, like, you know, Typically, people aren't going to mess with me. Not the easiest of targets to take down. Right. But this guy could definitely have taken me down. Colombian dude, tatted up. I don't know what his life looks like, but he looked like he had had a full, (laughs) tough life that I didn't have. Yeah. No judgment. I just say, I just tick my head down, acknowledge that he's there. And he goes, buenos dias, amigo, como (laughs) estas? the smileless guy right This, this this happened to me like multiple times right because i come from a perception of tattoos gangster danger right and my amygdala is like run for the hills yep but my heart says human connect if he ignores you he ignores you he's probably not gonna break your face in front of the grocery store with security probably not in a dangerous situation now he could run a he could he could run and follow you to the through the park and probably not going to happen right low chance of that happening in this neighborhood but he's an out-of-place character well you come Mm -hmm. from love Mm -hmm. you come from love you come from humanity right Mm. leads are humans humans are your mother your father your sister your brother your cousin right your 87 year old uncle Who lost his wife that's also got dementia those are people that need help if you don't bring the heart and the soul into uh, what i was looking for earlier on my yellow sheet of paper uh, my housekeeper threw it away but it said uh it said slow down because nobody ever said you got to be fast in sales right and on the flip side of it it said love and i would just as i was sitting there talking to my guys i would just put this to the camera slow or I'd put on the other side, love. And the first time I did that, like, love, what is it? They, we understand slow, but what what the fucks love mean, Vic? Like, what kind of woo-woo shit are you into? I'm like, you think that you're going to get people to open their wallets if you're not loving on them? Like, right. do, you, do, do you remember, like, you had how many conversations today? I don't know. Well, look at your tracker, uh, seven. Okay, who was the last person you talked to? I don't know. You don't know? No. Well, let's go pull it up. You had an 18-minute conversation with this person. You don't know their name. Fuck. No. What, what's, what was the call about? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. You spent 18 minutes of your life with this person. Why? They're like, I have no idea. This goes back to learning how to listen. I said the problem when you're not prepared, the problem when you're not prepared and you're only thinking about you is guess what? you only thought about you. Now, if I asked him how he felt during the sales call, he would exactly know how he felt. Oh yeah. The guy said this one thing about like leads. And then I felt really stressed. And so then I said this, and then I said that, and then I did this. And I, and I'm like, I, 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 I don't give a fuck about the prospect. And he's like, oh my God, that hit home so hard. He's like, I was so into my head that I literally, Paul did not ask a single question to the prospect that actually moved the needle forward. And in fact, as I listened to it now with new ears, right? As I listen to it, with new skills and new ears, I realized that at this, I should have asked a different question. I don't know what I should have asked, but at least I know I could have said something here. He's like, oh my God, right there. That was so much emotion that the guy just gave me. And then I asked a logic-based question right afterwards. I was like, what happened? He's like, the guy shut down. Mm. Women, 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 ladies, I love you. Lots of you, lot of you, <laughs> maybe a few too many of you. It's okay. Um, ladies, when your man is talking and you interrupt him and then he shuts down and then you say, gosh, my husband doesn't talk to me ever. No, men need time to think because we don't just say shit randomly, especially to people we care about, especially about conversations we care about. Ladies, let your man think. Don't interrupt him. Let him express himself you guys all didn't know this was going to be a relationship coaching advice either, but if you let your man talk freely and you don't interrupt him, you will get a different response from him. Not today, not tomorrow, but in two weeks, cause he has to build the trust. You guys, he likes you. He likes touching your butt. He likes sleeping with you. He likes cuddling you. He likes kissing you. He likes going to the movies with you, but have you earned his trust for him to be vulnerable with you every day? No. Have you earned the trust for your prospect to be vulnerable with you every day? No. Why? Because there's things you're missing. Your tonality's off. You're not conversational. You're not transitioning in between your questions. You got to use ums and oohs and ahs. If you just say cold calls and then Paul answers. And then I say age leads and then Paul answers. And then I say voicemail drops and then Paul answers. And then I say KPIs and tagging. And then Paul answers. What does that feel like? Hmm awful yeah but if i go if i go okay so let's go back to your interrogation example and i've never interrogated anybody like other other than just breaking their balls um if i go in there and i'm like all right paul so so i guess like you know let's do this man like tell me like what happened and the guy starts telling him and i want to ask and if i just sit there quietly and i don't go oh mm -hmm, right okay oh oh wait, wait wait hold on When you said that a car came screeching by you, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, I was sitting on the park bench, and then this car came screeching by. Somebody started yelling. I got kind of scared. You know, I'm a gangster. You know that. We know that. I got enemies, and this gangster starts screaming at me. I got scared. I grabbed my gun. And the next thing you know, I heard a car backfire, and I shoot, and I end up killing this fucking kid. I was wrong, right? The guy, right? Like, but the guy's gonna open up. Right. The guy will have a he might not say that. I don't know. I've never been in interrogation. Probably would probably wouldn't admit to killing somebody, but you know, like you're gonna get different emotions and different answers from these people. And whether the guy's right or wrong, like I'm not here to judge the world on whether they're right or wrong. There's a whole system of judgers for that. I'll judge people whether I like them or dislike them right out the gate. And if I don't like you, like. That's a different story. I'm not going to give you my time and that's okay. You don't have to like me, but if you don't know how to transition, if you don't know how your tonality hits, if you don't know how the questions you're asking land, you need help. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I need somebody to share with me what they've spent hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars or hundreds and thousands of hours learning and perfecting. There's nothing wrong with saying like, Hey, I'm not as good as you. Like, I, I'm not as good as Michael Jordan. You think if Michael Jordan said, hey, you know, it's $100,000 to work with me for six hours, you think I'm not going to find
1: the hundred grand? Yeah. Yeah. And that's based on, uh, on reputation and such and, and uh, just uh, value. I want to touch on something that you said uh, very, with, with interrogations, for example. The example that we've been using, walking in to talk to a murderer, what you just what you just role played there, uh, very true is that we don't always know the full story unless we ask, and we ask without interrupting and just get the information by having them volunteer it. I know that for me, um, as a professional interrogator, I would walk in and I would identify myself. I would remind the person of their rights and the fact that there's jeopardy in confessing to me that whatever they said could be used against them. I would ask them for their first name and ask them if I could call them by their first name. I would invite them to call me by my first name. I would use that, that line that I'm not there to judge them. I'm not there to find them guilty of anything. And that was the truth because you touched on that. Never lie. Uh, you know, be truthful, and I was being truthful. I really wanted their side of the story. But before I asked them for their side of the story, and I think that this is where a lot of salespeople or not a lot of negotiators kind of miss the mark, and I want your opinion on this, is that they get right down to business without taking just a few moments, or in my case, it could take as much as 15, 20, 30 minutes to get to know the person by talking about nothing, talking about the weather, talking about who they are, where did you grow up? You know, what what are some of the things that you do? Do you have any children? That kind of stuff. We talked, I wanted, they were already defensive by their body language. And I was watching with my eyes and with my ears to listen to the tone of their voice. And I wanted to really make, bring them down from that heightened fear and defensiveness down to a normal tone but i i wanted to do that by talking a little bit about myself and i said listen you don't have to say anything but let me let me just tell you a little bit about me you know right and then we would talk about that later i would get into the sale right how does that apply in your world
2: so i'm uh You know, I'm a little different. Um, When I sold knives, we would build some basic rapport, right? You'd ask like the standard Ford questions, family application, recreation, dreams, or you'd find things around the house and you'd build some rapport on that. As I've gotten older and I've matured and I I can't use like I'm just the kid coming over anymore because now I'm like an adult. Um, I kind of got away from the rapport in the sense of rapport for rapport's sake. Right. Like idle chit chat. Now in a situation where you're diffusing somebody, it's a little bit different. And again, I've only been on the, the, the questioning side. I've never been on the questioner side
1: question. No, whatever. Whatever we, the interrogator. Yep. Yes.
2: I, I was the interrogate not the interrogator. Right. And so I can tell you that like, from that standpoint, having somebody humanize themselves with me would probably be a welcome experience, especially where you're at. Um, and sales though, I I believe that a lot of people go in and they try to build rapport and they start asking kind of useless questions about nothing. So I heard a sales guy, right? This guy that was, uh, training, uh, training with me. I, I heard one of his sales calls And he spent 11 minutes out of the 30 that they had slated for a sales call talking about the kid's birthday party, talking about the weekend and talked about this and that. And the lady loved the guy. I mean, the lady loved, Oh, Shane. Hey, how are you? Oh my God. And he's a friendly guy. So he's like, how was the party? How was the weekend? Because the reason they couldn't talk on Friday was because, my kid's having a party Sunday. So let's talk Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Monday comes around. Oh, hey, you know, like, not like, not like, hey, I hope you had a good, good weekend. I hope your kid's party went well. Um, it looks like we got about 30 minutes booked on the call. I just want to respect our time. Why'd you book in this call today? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, or give them a layout. Like, hey, this call is going to, you know, call is pretty basic. Um, What we're going to do is kind of see where you're at, where you want to be what's holding you back slowing some 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 people don't like the word holding so you use the word slowing what's slowing you down from getting the results you want and then um at the end of it if i feel like maybe i can help you out we'll talk about possible next steps would that be helpful now i'm not going to say it in that tone i'm going to say it more curious and more conversational sure but like imagine starting a sales presentation where they know what it's about right out the gate now you build rapport throughout the presentation okay so tell me like um You know, you guys are looking at a Suburban. Um, That's a pretty large car. Why is Suburban not a Tahoe? Oh, well, we need a Suburban because my kids play hockey. I got two boys. You know, they're big. They got a shitload of crap. It stinks. I don't want it in my front seat. I need a Suburban. We don't need a truck. We need a Suburban. Tahoe's too small. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right? If you start asking questions, oh, so tell me, tell me, uh, you said you got two, two boys? Yeah. How old are the kids? Oh, one's 16 and the other one's 13. Ah, okay. So the the 16-year-old going to be taking the 13-year-old around. Oh, no, the 16-year-old's wild. We won't let him drive. Okay. So you're the chauffeur for the next three, four years. Yeah. So it's probably really important to you that you have the car that will be suitable for all the different things you're using it for. Yeah. Okay. Stop asking about like red or yellow. What color, what color suburban do you want? I want a red one. What color interior? beige oh let me go pull that one from the back and show it to you like come on y'all let's be better than that or if you're selling solar right like you're selling solar like you walk in and you're like hey uh do you want to save money on your electric bill are you selling solar yep click door shut but if you knock on the door and you act kind of funny curious like you got a clipboard you look like the pg and e guy oh my god it things change so like i don't think you need to build rapport necessarily with everybody, Paul, I think rapport in today's world, like the, the antitrust consumer of salespeople world, I think rapport is built as you build trust. And as you build trust, they open up. And then when they open up, they start sharing little bits and you can take little chunks, little chunks, little chunks. So by the end of your conversation, you actually got all of the real things you needed you might not know if they like to vacation in Hawaii or not, but you actually know how many kids they have, or you know what they're, why they're there, their situation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know about you, but I would much rather know about like why they need the suburban and what would happen if they don't get the suburban versus like they love to vacation in Hawaii twice a year.
1: No, and I agree with that. And I love the answer because it really does talk about building a rapport as you go. And in the in the arena of sales, it's very different than the arena where someone is accused of a murder and they don't want to right. get right into business right away. Is for right. example, uh, when I was negotiating with a hostage taker, I couldn't be talking about the weather, talking about their kids, talking about I had to get right down to business. And this is what we're talking about. Right. What I also really found important about what you said was stating the purpose at the very beginning. And I believe that negotiations are very much about why we're there, what we plan on accomplishing and all those things. I also uh, love what you said about respecting someone's time, which I wanna do with you because I asked you for a one hour uh, uh, time period for you. uh, And we've gone over the hour, I wanna respect your time.
2: I I have eight minutes.
1: Okay, you got eight minutes. I just want want to say as we as we close up, uh, what advice could you give uh, to salespeople out there? And how can somebody get a hold of you for one on one coaching or to learn more about you?
2: Yeah, just Instagram. Like, you know, I'm on all the socials, Insta, TikTok, Facebook, threads, some Twitter, YouTube. Um, but if you go to Instagram coach Vikram Deol, V I K R a M D E O L, um, that's where I'm the most active. Um, if you go to YouTube, there's a, there's a ton of, I think there's 700 videos on YouTube now, um, about all sorts of different topics, but a uh, ton of, ton of content out there, different topics. Um, if you respond to me, if, if you send me a message nine out of 10 times, I'm the one responding to you um, as we, you know, as the conversation flows forward, maybe my team might jump in, but, um, I'm going to be the one to respond to you for the most part. Like I'm, I I like to take an active at at this moment in my life. I like to be active in my business. Um, and that came from my, my billion dollar uncle who Saturday morning, the phone rang him and I are sitting there. He said, do you mind if I, he asked me if I, I mind, if I took the call, which I thought was interesting. It's like, he's like, son, do you mind if I take this call real quick? It's kind of a weird, weird, weird line to be ringing like i was like oh somebody got your bat line he's like something like that and uh it was a it was an upset tenant of his that was super pissed off felt discriminated against right you can use all those buzzwords in california and he so artfully communicated with this guy who was livid and he said he said you know he listened to the guy and he said okay sir And the guy starts cursing at him you your fucking company this that my my uncle doesn't do swear words he says hey 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 hey, hey. jumped in Right, interrupted him by using verbal cues and right verbal cues. Hey, 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 hey. right, sir, 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 sir. Hey, hey, hey sir, 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 sir. I don't know what happened, but I'm not speaking to you using this type of language. And I I, I, I understand you're upset, but if you allow me a few minutes to get the details and get down to what happened, I will give you a call back by the end of day today. One way or the other. But if you're going to talk to me like this, then I'll just transfer your name to somebody in my company and I'll let them deal with it. And he was so artful, so skillful, but it was also so intent that, and when he hung up the phone, I'm like, why didn't you just let somebody else handle that? Like you have 75 employees in your company on Saturday. He said, it's my business. If I don't know what's happening in my business, how do I coach my company on how to become better? He got to the bottom of it. He called the guy back. Right before we left the office, he called the guy back. He said, Hey, buddy, um, I found out what happened. Here's why your applications were denied. Here's why it was denied again. Here's what happened. What we're going to do, though, is based off your credit, we're going to find some of our properties or, you know, a sister property that could work for you. And somebody will reach out to you Monday. This is my private line. If you don't hear by somebody Monday at the end of the day, you can call me Tuesday morning and I'll get to it. And the guy was like, Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> yep. You, you guys, if, if, if you're in sales, right, you got to realize that you're having a conversation with a human being. And if we treat them like a, if we treat them like an alien, we're going to be weird with them. And like, we don't need to be weird. I, I get it. It's, it's, it's stressful. It's hard. It's, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of pressure. I understand all of that, but that's why we prep before, right? That's why we coach. That's why we learn. That's why we record. That's why we review, just like the greats. Because I didn't get in this game to be average. I didn't get get in this game to be mediocre. I got in this game to be the best, right? And the best that I can do means that I got to do all the things that I tell you to do. I got to record my calls. I don't like watching them. I don't like listening to them with my coach. I have a call with the coach and I'm like, fuck, Marco, I hate you right now. He's like, brother, I know but this is going to be helpful. And I'm like, I know, man, but this is such a shitty call. He said, even better. Don't worry, no judgment. And I'm like, if it wasn't for your accent, but it's the it's the fun, you guys. Sales becomes a lot of fun, right? When you don't have to think about what you're going to say next. Sales becomes a lot of fun when you know your avatar. Mm-hmm. Sales becomes a lot of fun <laughs> when you show up dumb. And what I mean by show up dumb is you show up and you leave all of your assumptions about the previous conversations you had about how so-and-so said this, and then this happened and this, let that go. Because your person might have a money issue, but it's not the same money issue that the other person had. And if the other person had a different money issue and you started going on the, the solving of the problem of one money issue, because you assume that all money issues are the same, you just pigeonhole that person and they went from like, I have a money issue. I don't hate your product. I don't hate you. I just need to figure out something to now they're turned off because like, they're like, oh yeah, that doesn't fit in our box. Okay. We're done Bye, peace. piece. Right. We lose so much opportunity with people just because we make assumptions. We don't listen. We're not present. We're not prepared. It's, it, it's just a process, Paul. And it's just like going to the gym. You got to. Do it with somebody who knows what they're doing enough times. And then guess what? After a while, you're going to get to a point where you don't need that coach anymore. And you're going to get to a point where you're making so many sales so easily, right? That maybe you, maybe you start doing something different and then you might need to bring in a mentor to help you in that field. But it's it's a really easy framework if you open the conversation and make it about your prospect and not about you how great you are how great your company is how many sales you've done how many awards you guys won, how you guys were the number one rated you know truck monitoring gps dashboard camera system that was rated by this company and that company and this company and that trucking company and that magazine to be the number one thing and you actually see if your prospect has a problem you can solve, you're going to stop banging your head against the wall and sales will become fun for you because you're going to actually start to make money.
1: Love it. Love it. That was a masterclass right there. Thank you, Vic. And I really appreciate it to everyone who's been listening to this podcast. I'm certain that you have gathered a lot of stuff here and reach out to Vic. Yes, uh, he answers as he said. So reach out to him. Follow him on YouTube and all the social media platforms, and you will be glad that you did. As I said, even when I was writing my book on negotiations and sales, one of the things, well, several things that Vic said resonated with me to the point where I gave him credit in my book for the things that he shared. And I don't do that too often. So this is the man to go to. So thank you, Vic, for your time. And I appreciate you coming on today, man. Thank you, brother. All right. Take care. All right. That went well. Hey, we're still on the air.
2: Yep. Are you got to you got to go? uh, click the... I do. The I do.
1: And, and turn it off. I'm going to do that. Uh, let me see here. Go to the YouTube. Hey, folks, if you're still listening, this is what we call behind the scenes, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And YouTube, let's go. Let's stop the YouTube. Thank you for joining everybody. I just want to say that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for that. And there we go. And I will end the recording as well. So thank you guys. Stop the recording. And sometimes, you know, some of the greatest conversations come after the recording.
0: Thanks for listening Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.